Hey, this is Howard Jacobson, and I am really excited to be joined on the phone today by Juan Carlos Ace. Carly, are you there? I am here, Howard. So we we met um, just as your documentary was being released, and uh, we're going to talk about that and, and tell people about it. But first, just a little a little introduction. You're you're the owner of uh, Zen Fitness. A um, what is it? A, it's is it a gym or a private workout studio? What's Zen Fitness? It's a personal training studio in Gainesville, Florida. That's primarily plant based, which is. Uh, for anyone that goes to personal trainers, it's a little bit unusual, um, but we've seen really great results with a, a plant-based diet. So I, w- I would say that we're, we're classified as a, a plant-based personal training studio. Excellent. So we'll, we'll get into like what diet has to do with training because uh, most parts of the world you wouldn't really see those, you know, together in in uh, coupled in that intense a way. But first, uh, so I, I, I've met you a few times. You uh, actually trained me and a neighbor very, very kindly. You're a strong, fit-looking, muscular, buff guy. You're articulate. You're successful. You're focused. You're good-looking. Life has been easy for you, hasn't it, Carly? <laughs> well, uh, thank you, Howard. Um, that's a great opening. Um, actually... Um, it started easy in some parts, um, but it was not always easy. I definitely, um, had my, my difficult, um, learning times, which were really, uh, some of the most important times in my life. Um, I, when I actually, um, when I was 22 years old, I went to federal prison on a drug charge and I had a seven year sentence, which ended up being, um, the greatest learning time in my life, actually. Right, and that's you know when I heard that when I started watching, I, did, I didn't know that when I first met you. So, so the description I just gave of you is pretty much how I thought of you in my mind, like sort of golden boy, had had everything going for him. And then I started watching the movie, which I, I knew existed, but and I knew that it was about transformation, but I just assumed it was about your client's transformation. And so when I started watching. And, you know, it's, it's good to have as, as a public figure, as a professional, it's good to have a story that people can relate to where everything didn't go great for you the whole time. But I'm watching this and I'm, I'm seeing you, you know, the reenactment in the orange jumpsuit and I'm seeing the photographs of the trial and the picture, you know, the, 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 the images of the prison and the, and the solitary cell. And I'm going, holy cow, this is, <laughs> This is like really above yeah. and beyond. Can you, you want to just tell us a little bit about the story? You know, the the, e- the easy the easy youth, and then like what happened. Yes. Um, well, I um, growing up as a youth, I, I uh, school came very easy to me. Um, I ended up finishing uh, valedictorian in my class, and uh, sports came very easy. Um, I received a, a tennis scholarship. Uh, to play tennis at University of North Carolina in Asheville. Um, and I guess you could say I, I took a lot of things for granted. Um, I was definitely not a, a bad kid, but I, um, I began selling drugs in college. Uh, it was, I, it was fun. Uh, I was paying for college expenses and, um, I guess I, I didn't, I took a lot of things for granted, a lot of freedoms, a lot of basic freedoms that were given that I didn't realize. Uh, how important they were. Um, then when I, after two years of that, um, my world came crashing down when the 
the federal government uh, SWAT team knocked on my door and came in with a, a federal indictment uh, which says United States of America versus Juan Carlos Asse, which is a pretty uh, intimidating document to read. And uh, they had no mercy. They, I was a first-time offender on a drug charge and uh, in, in my senior year at school, and they gave me 87 months, which is a seven-year and three-month sentence. Um, going into federal prison as a, I guess you'd say, college student, uh, was was very intimidating, um, but it ended up being a, a great time in my life. I realized that I had nothing but time on my hands. I had I was not married. I had no children, um, so I was going to use this time to do things that you really just don't have time to do out here on the outside world. Um, I firstly wanted to learn Spanish and guitar, and um, I ended up studying and learning six languages, um, music, nutrition, training. Uh, that's where I, I gained a lot of my experience with nutrition and training and, and a lot of study uh, while I was in prison. I helped inmates lose weight, and, uh, and I studied nutrition. And I tried every diet there was, and that's when I came across the book The China Study and realized that uh, the best the best solution for, for nutrition is a plant-based diet, which really went against everything I had learned my whole life. Um, so I, I guess you were, you were in a place in there where you were willing to question everything you had learned. Yes, I, I was. Um, I learned that uh, just, just because something is traditional and mainstream um, doesn't mean it's true, and I, and I got my own dose of that um, from the federal prison system. I I thought that uh, because I was a college kid and with no prior record that I would be fine and I would, you know, I would never really get into trouble. And I quickly learned that that was not true. Um, and I guess I, I was in a position in my life where I was willing to, to question mainstream thought. Hmm. So, so I hear you studying nutrition. Like I, I, I can picture you studying. You know, fitness, like even, you know, even an 8 by 12 cell, you can do push-ups or squats or, or burpees or stuff like that. But, you know, I hear a lot of people with, with a lot of yeah buts around their diet. And I'm guessing for you to go plant-based, whole food plant-based in a federal penitentiary was not easy. It, it was not easy. It was a challenge. Um, first of all, it's a challenge uh, breaking out of my own uh, ideas and thoughts that I'd had for a long time that protein equals muscle, protein equals health, which I think radiates throughout our, our, our country and in some places of the world. Um, I, I felt the effects. I realized quickly that the fuel you put in really affects the way you feel. Um, certainly given plenty of, uh, not so great fuel in, in federal prison, uh, I saw that it, it really affected my performance, how I ate. When I looked at the, when I read the China study and saw the extensive, uh, the extensive results and studies that were done, it, it was the largest, most comprehensive health study I'd ever seen. I couldn't refute those results. And even though I was like, wow, I really love meat and dairy, um, I hate to give this up. This goes against everything I've ever learned. It made sense to me. It made perfect sense. I couldn't refute it. So I was like, I said I had to try this. And very quickly, after beginning this this plant-based program, my body fat dropped. I slept better. 
I thought more clearly. My performance was better athletically. I there was no denying that it was it was clearly working. Then I helped other people get on it. They were dropping weight. Um, things like their hair, their nails, their, their eyes uh, looked better. So it was really irrefutable that this was the the healthiest diet for us. To me, and I had tried everything. I had tried all kinds of diets: the Atkins diet, uh, the, um, the the caveman diet. Um, there, there's a lot of different ones out there, as we all know. Um, they don't work, and you can't maintain for a long period of time. So it was it was really irrefutable evidence that I saw working on myself and on other people. Right, and I'm I'm really interested in that point at which you said, "I love all this stuff, but I'm going to try." to eliminate it because I've, there have been times where I've, I've been like, you know, I really want to eat this way. I know what I should be doing, but I can't because I have a lasagna in the fridge, <laughs> right? <laughs> which, which, which sounds like the lamest <laughs> excuse you could imagine, but you know, it was really working for me or I've got to, I've got to finish this bag of potato chips first. And, and yet, and yet you were like, you know, I love these foods. I have been taught my whole life that they're what make me strong and healthy. And in, in the place where I have the least freedom possible, I am going to embark, embark on this journey. Yes. Yeah. Um, I was just on a quest to find what worked best for my performance and my health. I guess you could say, and um, I was in a real learning stage in my life, and I was open to that, and um, I wanted to try everything to see how it worked. I, I wanted to see how it worked on me, um, not just in theory, and when I saw how well it did work, uh, there, was, there was no denying that that was, that was the healthiest way uh, to live your life. Right. So, so another question is: This is in your early twenties. Um, when I was in my early twenties, my health was really the last thing on my mind. You know, I was I could eat anything. I was going to live forever. Um, were you looking at prison like this is a this is going to be an ordeal that I need to really protect myself against, or was it about athletic performance? Like, what, where where was your head at around the importance of of this quest for you? That's um that's a good point Howard. Uh I that that prison the amount of time I was given made me realize um it was a sobering experience where most kids are thinking I'm going to live forever. I'm not thinking about the future. Uh the future was more on my mind and um I guess the um how fragile life can be um also I was aware of both of those, and I said, well, I really want to take advantage um, of this time to learn what works best. Um, you know, and I also knew I wasn't getting out for some time. Um, so I felt, I guess I felt that I wanted to uh, improve myself as much as I could, um, not only um, with my studies, but also with my, my physical body. Um, and I, and I, I guess I just felt, yeah, that that was, you know, I've never really even thought about it until you asked that question, but I think that was a part of the reason for my interest in improving myself. Uh-huh. So um, you are already had, had been a high performer, right, a- athletically, academically. Yes. 
Um, and yet it seems, you know, when you describe, and we've talked a little bit about this offline, about your motivation for getting into selling drugs, it was, you know, there was no evil intent. It was just kind of to, to make some extra money, to be popular, to feel the power of, of money flowing through your fingers and to feel yourself as a, you know, as an entrepreneur. But it seems like it was a very sort of ego-driven exercise. Was there, was there something that changed for you in prison where you became more service oriented, where your life started looking like something that was going to be lived partly in the service of others? Um, yes, I, I guess, uh, again, like I said, it was very, it was very, uh, humbling, um, to be put in prison, taken away from the things I was good at. Um, and no one really cared about it about any of the things that, that I had done athletically or academically there in prison. Um, it, it was very, very humbling to be given a seven-year sentence and thrown away uh, and, and the door locked with, with no key. Um, as I studied and learned, people would come to me for help. They saw what I was doing, um, that I seemed at peace, and what I was doing was working. So I guess that the it was sort of a, a natural transformation, um, and I was happy to help people. Um, it was very um, fulfilling, and I I really enjoyed seeing the transformation in them. And I guess I I sort of realized that the world is a better place if everyone's happier and everyone feels good. I watched this transformation in people as they became happier and felt better, and it seemed that it made the entire area around those people better. Um, so I guess subconsciously that was uh, an awareness that I had and a reason why I enjoyed helping people. Um, and it, it's something that, that carried on as I left prison as well and, that, and into my business, which is essentially helping people love life more and, and become healthy. Because when you're healthy and you feel good, everything is better. You can enjoy everything more. Right. And you know, one one thing I'm wondering is, you know, when you when you arrived at prison, you you kind of you kind of felt like you shouldn't you shouldn't have been there. Right. We've talked. First of all, it was the shock of just getting caught, of being a college kid, of being basically a good kid. But also there was a lot of legal stuff that that felt very unfair to you around, you know, the, the, the tactics that the prosecution used to kind of to kind of pin all this on you. So, so I'm imagining that you, you went in there with a feeling of this, you know, this is wrong. I don't belong in here. And I wonder if that, if that caused in your mind um, a kind of separation between you and, and the other inmates where you felt like, um, you know, I'm different from them. Um, I definitely, I did not feel that I was different or better than anyone. I quickly saw that everyone had a similar feeling of really having this uh, this unfair machine, tidal wave prosecuting machine, um, prosecute them and their families. And a lot of people had a lot more time than me. So while I thought I had a lot uh, of time with seven years, I realized that there was m- more people that had a lot more time than me. So I guess that was sort of a uniting feeling among the inmates that we had all been um, unfairly... Uh, attacked and sentenced um, while we 
many of us, like I knew, I definitely knew I had done something wrong and deserved some sort of punishment. Um, I thought that seven years was definitely a little bit too stiff of a punishment for a first-time drug offender. That being said, um, I I would not have changed that for anything. I still say that today. Uh, it was the greatest learning experience of my life, and I wouldn't change one day that I had there. Some people have a hard time believing that, but uh, it's very true. It's very true. Um, I and I certainly I, I didn't felt that I belonged there, but I I there was sort of a, a united feeling among the inmates uh, that we all had been unfairly prosecuted a little bit to, <laughs> a little bit overboard. Um, so that was sort of a unanimous feeling there that sort of united us all. Hmm. And, anyway, and, and now you're you're really working with people at a level of personal responsibility that's sort of way beyond what what the mainstream you know thinks is is possible or appropriate. You know, when people come to work with you. Of, you know, you've, you've developed a reputation of, as sort of, you know, the, the Saint Francis of, uh, you know, of, 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 of kind of, you know, people with no hope come to you and lose 200 pounds and get their lives back. This isn't like someone who's 25 pounds overweight and, and just wants to kind of get a little fitter. You're, you're really working with, uh, you know, hopeless cases to, to, to be, you know, a little unfair about it. Um, uh, I'm wondering how your experience with with the other inmates and with yourself has fed into the way you help people take that kind of responsibility for for their lives. These giant turnarounds. Well, it is it is hugely responsible for that, Howard. I experiencing my own huge turnaround, also experiencing through my studies that anything is possible and you can really achieve anything you put your mind to. Um, made me realize that these people can make these amazing transformations if they put their mind to it and if they believe it. Um, so that is a that is a huge part in my philosophy and my beliefs in making big turnarounds in life and helping other people empower them to do the same thing. Right. Um, that was the whole goal of my film, too, was to show people that a huge change can be made and that, uh, because people take notice of dramatic change. Smaller changes, not as much. I mean, I've been seeing these changes for a long period of time in people, but I wanted to document it in a film and to show people that these extreme changes are very possible and that anyone can do it. Right. So, so, so now, you know, in, in watching the film, I got a real clear sense of your story about having been in prison and bettering yourself and coming out armed with knowledge, armed with a different worldview, armed with, with all sorts of inner resources that you maybe hadn't tapped into before. I can see how that's a real, for lack of a better word, you know, compelling marketing story that someone would want to work with you. But the day you got out of prison, you're, you're a young, you know, muscular felon. How do you, you know, I'm sure you, how do you get a job? Like, did you know at that point you wanted to work in the fitness industry? And if so, how, how did you go about, like, getting clients and getting a job? Well, that's, that's a good question. Um, I, uh, in a sort of an abstract way, um, 
I did know I wanted to get a job because I had helped people uh, in the he- with fitness and health. Um, but having said that, it is not easy to get a job as a felon coming out of prison. And I was turned down for quite a few jobs, including um, basic jobs as being a, a cashier or um, a one manual labor job. Um, I probably put in for a good eight or nine jobs and finally got a job as a dishwasher at a restaurant. So I started there uh, just working hard, trying to get through my my federal probation, which I still had three years of. And I came across a friend of mine who had a personal training studio. When I when I saw him, I after we got through our basic pleasantries, I hadn't seen him in some years, um, I showed him all the, the pictures I had taken of inmates I had helped lose weight and transform their bodies. I had also become certified as a trainer while I was in prison. That was one one thing that they allowed us to do to, um, to better ourselves and become prepared for the outside world, and I was really fortunate to be able to do that. He decided to give me a chance, um, which they had, they had to go to a meeting with the other owners, and not everyone wanted to give me a chance, but the majority did. And within, so within two months, I was working as a personal trainer, and that was, that was really fortunate that I ended up getting that job, uh, because once I had my foot in the door there, I was able to do what I had learned, and people thought I was getting these amazing results that no one had seen with my clients, but I had seen this already over a period of time in prison. I knew it worked. Um, while the, the area, the new area that I was doing it on, on, on the outside world thought it was this new amazing science and it attracted a lot of attention. I became uh, very popular and well-known as a trainer for my, for my results and it allowed me to start my own studio within three years of basically coming out of prison with only the shirt on my back. So, so what did you, what did you do? So you've, you had learned from the China study about plant-based nutrition and you implemented it in your own life somehow in, in prison. You, uh, you did ex, you know, help people with, with working out and exercising. But what did you do that was different that either, you know, that got either it was more efficient for people to do it your way or it was easier or somehow you tapped into, um, some, some form of motivation that got them to do things that they, that no one thought they could do? Or, or was it a combination it, of all three? It's a combination of all three. And actually, that's where I came up with the name um, the Zen Fitness for my studio. It's a uh, the, the Enzo sign to me is a synergy of all three components, which are the nutritional aspect, the exercise, and the motivational aspect. Um, so they all they all are important pieces of the pie, and they all work together. As people see the results from the plant based diet and the exercise, they feel inspired. Um, as they feel more inspired. They want to continue on with uh, this this lifestyle. So it's it's definitely a combination of all three, um, and you have to you have to be able to inspire people. You have to be able to explain the uh, the diet in a way that makes sense and makes people want to change on their own. I always tell them, don't just take my word for it. Try it yourself and see how you feel. Um, the exercise portion also is something that I learned and, um, and streamlined. As you saw, um, when I, when I helped train your friend, uh, you can, you, you have to tailor it to each person. You don't want to 
overdo it so they get hurt in the beginning um, or do too little so they don't have any results. Uh, and it's a combination of, of strength training of the entire body and cardiovascular training, which are both very important. So I guess I, I learned the, the science of the nutrition and the science of the exercise along with the, and those gave me the ability to inspire people to want to try this way of life and get the, the results and the enjoyment themselves. So did you, did you find a difference between the the willingness and focus and ability of the inmates you helped versus the clients on the outside, or were there were there similarities maybe that surprised you? Um, there are there are there are similarities, um, which I do see um, people that are imprisoned in their own bodies um, by certain aspects of their life, uh, maybe their job. Um, maybe a, a, a difficult relationship, um, but people are imprisoned in different ways, which is were similar to the, the inmate situation being in, physically imprisoned. So I, I do see similarities there. Um, on the outside world, there's a lot more distractions and temptation, so it is not as easy for people to do to make that that change uh, than it was for the inmates. The inmates had a much easier time doing it, actually. Um, that being said, I feel like a lot of people on the outside are fed up with being sick, and they are aware that what we're doing doesn't work, and they are open to changing. And I'm seeing that more and more as this movement's becoming more and more mainstream, the plant-based movement. So let's 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 talk about the particular. Uh, story that you highlighted in in the film uh, unsupersize me so um, did you know you were going to make a film at that point and you were just looking for the next right person to come along or uh, or did uh, did Tracy um, kind of inspire you to make the film I did I did know that I was I was wanting to make a film um, it was interesting. I, I came up with the idea when I was running with my, my running partner, and I told her, you know what, I want to make a movie about this lifestyle. I want to show an extreme example of essentially putting myself and my lifestyle into an extremely obese body and documenting the change to, to show people how quickly and easily this works, because I've been seeing it over and over again. How can you reach a vast majority, the vast majority of our population? How can you reach people? And that's through, through film, through media. So I had the idea that I wanted to do this film. I knew nothing about editing or filming at that time. I interviewed, um, a few large people. I had some of my employees go out and find some really overweight people. And Tracy was by far and away the one that I wanted to pick. I knew immediately this is the one. Uh, I could tell that she was really fed up with being overweight, and she was open to changing. Um, so t- tell us that, a little bit about about Tracy. And I, ho- um, I, ho- Tracy. I, hope, I hope to have her on an interview as well, but just for for, for right now, just give us a a little summary. Tracy, um, I, when I met her, she was uh, surprisingly uh, uh, very. Uh, upbeat and positive. Um, she worked in the food industry, had been overweight her whole life, uh, come from an obese family also, and 
had sort of resigned herself that this was just the way her life was going to be. Um, she had, didn't really understand what it was like to be healthier or, or thin or in shape and had just accepted being an overweight person, made, made many adjustments uh, that come with being that size. Um, I could tell that Tracy was very goal-oriented from her interview and that she was going to listen to me if she saw what I was saying worked and what she did see because in the first week she lost 17 pounds. Um, <laughs> so uh, what? it was really a relationship that was based a lot on trust because she was, in exchange for her doing this film, um, she was allowing me to document her, but you know there was no reason for her to continue doing what I was asking if it didn't work. And at the same time, if she wasn't doing what I was asking, there was no reason for me to continue to document her and train her and put her through this program. So it required trust and belief in each other on both parts. Right. Was was she up for the for the film from the beginning? Because it it seems like you know there's there was a lot of vulnerability for her, um, and maybe yeah. maybe even you know not just for herself but fear of letting you down because she she really had no reason to believe that she could change. <laughs> yeah, she and she really um she really didn't. Uh, she was very doubtful. She just kind of agreed to to try this. Um I guess with a sort of a, a glimmer of hope because all every obese person wants to lose weight and and be healthier. Um and I guess it was sort of um something that she had nothing to lose, so she figured she might as well give it a shot and and see what happens. Um, there was a lot of, uh, fear and I guess it's, it's a very, it is a very vulnerable situation, um, that this camera and this documentary coming into your life and there was, Tracy and I spent a lot of time together one-on-one, -on -one, um, outside of the filming and once in a while I would have to bring, I would bring the camera out for, for documenting what we were doing and I, I remember sometimes it'd be a little shocking for her, oh, the camera again, oh, because she would forget about that, and it was and it was really based more on on her and my one on one experience with each other, uh, rather than than this film. And the film was like kind of a, a byproduct that would come out every now and then, and almost like it wasn't very real to her, because uh, we weren't filming all the time. We're not filming twenty four seven. So um, as we went on, she I guess you could say she became more used to it. She became more used to sharing her feelings. And it was a really positive thing that was happening to her. So she, I guess, you know, she enjoyed sharing her experience as we progressed more and more in the beginning where she felt really vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Now, so this, this isn't spe specifically about, you know, nutrition and health and training, but I'm very curious, like, what made you think you could make a movie? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question, Howard. <laughs> I sometimes wonder that myself. Um, but actually, when I think about it, I have to credit it to my prison experience of believing that anything's possible from learning languages, from learning music, from learning exercise and nutrition, um, from learning anything that you put your mind to. I knew that if I, if I really wanted to do it, that I could, that it was possible. So... I began the, the, the filming uh, for the first year, and basically I ended up with over 17 hours of footage. 
And then I said, well, now I have to I have to learn how to edit this movie. So I looked around, bought an editing program, and I sat down and just began to make many, many mistakes <laughs> <laughs> until I actually uh, until I actually started to put something together that that made sense and was viewable. And I ended up doing, uh, I think I had about 15 or 16 editions of the film as I began to shape the story and, and learn from my mistakes. But it ultimately, there's no question that it was the experience I had in prison of, of learning uh, many, many different uh, subjects uh, and trades and uh, the ability, and that gave me the, the idea that anything was possible that I wanted to do. So I get what strikes me is the 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 number seventeen hours, which to me seems like an awful lot to then turn into a ninety minute film. But when I hear like you know professional movie makers, you know documentarians, they'll often have like five hundred, six hundred hours. I know, isn't that amazing? (laughs) Like, what did you? You you must have had a real. I mean, the, the film is riveting. Like, it's a really good movie and you know there's places where you know after i knew that you had done it kind of you know on a budget shoestring that i could see like oh yeah this you know this might have been done differently if it had a million dollar budget but it really it wasn't at all like distracting like you know shaking cameras and bad angles and stuff like that you must have had some sort of instinct for the story to be able to get the right 17 hours um, you know, rather than just shooting everything and then figuring it all out in uh, in post. Yeah, um, I guess I guess you're right, Howard. Um, that's something that I didn't, I definitely didn't think about at the time. I sort of had an idea of when uh, when a moment was going to be important, and different ideas. Tracy would say something. I would think that would be uh, that's a good thing to put on the film. That's a that's an important point to what we're doing here. Um, I had an idea of the message that I was trying to convey, which was just the project that we were doing. Um, and then she would say things sometimes that just happened to be on camera. I wasn't really expecting or I would have an idea um, or we would end up doing something um, that wasn't really planned, like the Puerto Rico trip that turned into a, a great piece of the film. Um, when I would take her to do different exercises, all of a sudden you're like, oh, this is this would be a good thing or a different activity or event. Then all of a sudden she's running half marathons, uh, climbing mountains, which were things that I was hoping she was going to be able to do, but I didn't really know that. Um, and, it, you know, like I said, Howard, it was I did 15 editions of that film, so the story was not even close to the same at the very beginning. Um, my story evolved more into it as the film went because it seemed that people were very interested and what had happened to me, so it became like a dual transformation film. The more additions that that were done, rather than just about the plant based diet and her transformation. Did Did you know when you started that you were going to include your story, or did that? Sort of come I, I did not. My story was not included at all in the first edition. So what what made you change your mind about that? Well, it was actually the idea of uh, uh, Brian Sheel is his name. Um, and he's he's credited in the film for as an assistant producer. He watched it and he knew my story, and it was uh, it was his idea. He said, "You know, Carly, I, I don't know if you want to do this, and I know that it's um, maybe a sort of a, a touchy thing to put in your film, but I think it's a great story and a great comparison 
to what Tracy went through with her prison. This is how, rather than you just being the guy, oh, this is easy for you, you're the personal trainer, um, you kind of jump in and make everything successful throughout the film and, and different parts, let's show your story because it's interesting and it does relate to Tracy's story. And, it was, and he was right. It was true. I thought about it. And Tracy, uh, if she felt that I was just this guy who everything was very easy for and had never really had any trials and tribulations in his life, she would not have been as likely to follow what I was uh, what I was offering her either. Um, so it was it was a, a part of, of why she did it and why she she believed in me because I had come out of my own prison and everything wasn't easy for me. Hmm. Did did she know your story from from the get go? Yes, she did. I I shared it with her um, during the first week, which I I often do with anyone that I come into to contact with because it's I would always rather them hear it from me uh, so that I can explain it to them. So if uh-huh. I'm going to be spending any time amount of time with someone, I always tell them right away. Right, so it doesn't sort of come up like you were trying to keep it keep it hidden in any way. Right, because if it comes up um, from someone else, uh, it becomes sort of this sinister secret rather than if I just address it immediately and say, this is what happened, so you can hear firsthand out of my mouth what happened. Um, then people have an entirely different attitude about it, and it becomes more of a um, of what it was, which is a positive experience. Right. So, um, was, was anything about Tracy's experience related to, in, in your mind, ad, ad, addiction or was it all sort of, um, you know, just not doing the right thing or, you know, like, oh. like you talk, you talk about, you know, your being in prison. And when I hear people talk about their addictions, that's very often the language I hear people use about it, about f- feeling like you're, you're imprisoned. There's no question. It's absolutely an addiction. Um, and it is, it is essentially um, the same as a, a drug addict um, filling a void of some sort in their life with drugs. Um, very obese people are doing that with food. They're filling a void with food and making themselves feel temporarily better um, from whatever it is that, that's upsetting them or plaguing them with food. And understanding that is very important a very important part of dealing with being obese. And me being able to help these people is understanding that void that they feel, addressing that void, um, but also giving them the ability to still be able to eat to fill that void because, you know, we all we all sometimes um, emotional eat or are filling a void sometimes with food, but you can do it with healthy food. That way it doesn't, have the same effect. Um, you can eat all the broccolis and apple apples you want, and uh, you're not going to get fat and feel unhealthy or be unhealthy rather. So it is absolutely absolutely an addiction. It's something that has to be addressed and understood in order for for people to um, to cure themselves. Right. So when you when you work with people now, um, do do people come to you with do you feel like they have realistic expectations of what you can do for them and how much work they're going to be doing and you know kind of 
like, you know, do they see you as sort of the magic worker that kind of wave, waves a magic wand, or do they understand uh, how much skin in the game they're going to have to put in? Um, you know, that perception varies. Um, I definitely have encountered people that, that uh, think I have a magic wand or that I have some sort of a, a magic pill in the back that I just hand them and everything changes and <laughs> with no work whatsoever. Um, but I make it very clear that what they want to achieve is possible, but it is going to require changes and hard work because if they don't realize that, then they're deceiving themselves and they're going to have unrealistic expectations. So there are people that realize that uh, I am going to have to work, I am going to have to make changes, but there are also people that have unrealistic ideas about what they're going to have to do. And usually I like to show people the, the film right out of the gates so they see this is a, a one-year documentary of, of essentially of the program that you're going to be on, and this is what this person had to go through to get the success. It doesn't happen overnight. Um, once they understand that and people are willing to do that, then the success rate is very high. Mm -hmm. So do, does anybody watch the movie and, and then say, yeah, I believe it's possible, but I... I don't have what it takes, or I'm not willing to put this much effort into it? Oh, no question. There are plenty of people uh, that, that are still, after seeing the film, will have an excuse that, well, um, you know, I, I wish I could eat that way, but it's just too expensive. Oh, I could do that, too, if I had my own personal trainer, um, which really which really discounts what Tracy did, uh, because while I was there to guide her and help her, she certainly uh, put, put plenty of hard work into it. Um so, yeah, I see people that, that have many different excuses. Oh, I have certain, you know, injuries to where I just can't, I can't run or I can't exercise. And there's always a solution for everyone. You know, if you have bad knees, you can swim. Um, eating, eating vegetables and fruits is so much less expensive than paying for medication and higher health insurance. That you can't even compare it. If it's a little bit, if your grocery bill is a little bit more expensive, which it always isn't, um, then it pays off in many other ways in your productivity, uh, uh, health insurance. Like I said, um, you you can you just and you just feel better in your life. So that the cost uh, is not really doesn't hinder you at all. It actually is much much less in all areas. That being said, yes, uh, people do make excuses and and uh, are really entrenched in their own prison. Sometimes I call it the, the matrix, like that movie, The Matrix. They, they're not ready to break out of the matrix. And, um, you know, I just hope at some point that they do. They do reach that point where they're like, I'm ready to break out of these chains and this matrix that I'm in, trapped in. Right. Once they do, then we're ready to help them. Okay. So your your studio is in Gainesville. So if anyone's, yes. you know, in driving distance of, of Gainesville, they can work with you directly. Um, what about people who are listening to this and are inspired and maybe will go watch Unsupersize Me and they'll say, boy, I really think it's possible now with, with Carly's help. Do you ha have anything to offer them? Yes, um, I do. And we, we offer people that reach out through the Unsupersize Me website or, or the Zen Fitness website. Um, we offer them the same program that Tracy was on um, or – they can have the same program plus interaction via email, which is much, much more helpful. There has to be, in my mind, there has to be uh, interaction 
for success because it's a constant learning process. Can I do this? No. Can I do this? Yes. Um, what about this on the exercise? Just to follow the exact program uh, nutritionally and through exercise is very difficult without interaction with the trainer. Um, so we do offer we do offer that help, and it is very possible to have great results via via um, email or, or communication through long distance. Okay, awesome. So I think that's that's pretty much all I got for right now. Is there anything you uh, you wish I had asked or you'd like to to talk about that we haven't gotten to? Um, well, not not really. Howard. you you actually had some great questions that I uh, haven't even asked myself. So <laughs> I really enjoyed the interview, and I think uh, everyone got a, a thorough explanation of of uh, my life and experience and, and about this film. Awesome. So if people want to find out more, the websites are unsupersizeme.com, where they can watch a trailer, um, learn more about the film, and actually order the DVD? Yes, they can order the DVD or stream the film uh, through the website. And uh, Zen Fitness is the, the personal train the personal train studio website in Gainesville. And that's zenfitness.com? Yes. And oh, our, the one thing I forgot about was the the four film festival awards that the the film won. Uh, that was something we didn't talk about. That was uh, an extreme honor for me to win. Very unexpected, and uh, uh, that was a whole other process in itself. But it, it really gave a lot of validation to the film, and really uh, honored Tracy and I very much to win those awards. That's right. What, what, just quickly, what were the awards? Um, we won the um, the accolade, uh, which is in uh, La Jolla, California. Um, the Indie Film Fest. At the accolade, we won two awards. One was for um, motivational uh, impact, viewer impact, and uh, the other award. I'm sorry, one was motivational, the other was viewer impact. Then the Indie Film Festival, we won uh, an award of merit uh, there. And the International Film Festival for Health, Science, and Culture, um, we won uh, an award of excellence there. So it was four film festival awards, and that's a, a, a process where you really uh, put it on the line to see what people think of your film. Wow. So and, it's uh, and, and the, also very humbling. And these these are, you know, just hearing the names of the awards, this is not like, you know, editing or costume or sound design this is like you know what it does to my heart and my gut as as i yes. as i sit in my seat and go and go through this virtual roller coaster with you guys um, yes it, it is it is um it was not it, it was totally about the message of the film and uh we were so honored to be able to um to affect people like that even even filmmakers that aren't necessarily as concerned um, looking for the message of, of, of the health or, or what Tracy, what we had accomplished. It was the overall message of the film, um, which is, you know, some an experience that, and we're so happy to win as, as first-time filmmakers. Right. And, you know, I'm just thinking what, what I got out of it was this, this sense of prison as opportunity. You know, you keep saying... Those seven years in federal penitentiary were like the most important thing that ever happened to me, and I wouldn't trade it 
for for anything. And then, you know, you look at the fitness and diet industry today and, the you know, the idea of before and after and the before pictures, you know, people are, you know, they're they're designed to kind of shame people into feeling like out of control slobs, right? And then they get the after picture and everything's great. But when you think about it, it's the... It's the being in prison. It's 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 that fat slob, who had the courage, who had the heart, who took the step. You know it, it, what I love about your story and the movie and and Tracy's energy is that it really honors the before and doesn't just turn you know make that into like a you know a, a doormat that the after is uh, is then juxtaposed against. You, you know you're right, Howard, and, and because. Everything starts, the metamorphosis happens at the before. And to me, that is the most crucial part of the journey, the before, because that's when you you make the change. That's when the hardest decision, the most uncomfortable part of that journey is at the very beginning when you say, oh, my God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change uh, this way of life or this path I've been on for so long. I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to take this risk. And that's where this new strength is created at the beginning. All right. And, I, and I'm imagining um, in my, you know, in, in my limited ability to imagine your and Tracy's situations that there are mornings you wake up and you're just amazed that you're not in prison. And she's just amazed that she's not 300 pounds. Like, is that is that yes. true? <laughs> that is definitely true. Um, I, you know, I still have dreams sometimes that I'm there and I wake up and I'm very happy to not be there. I'm very happy to have a, a pillow uh, that's comfortable to be able to uh, to eat healthy, bright vegetables. Um, I I I I try to always appreciate and never take for granted all the freedoms that I'm, I've been given now. Um, and I know that Tracy often feels the same way. Uh, she still is not completely adjusted to being a, a normal, healthy person. And there are times when, you know, she was a, an obese person for almost 29 years. So one year later, she's she no longer is. That's a very short period of time of being a healthy, normal person. So that her, the adjustment for her, is continuous, and she continues to grow and, and become stronger, and and uh, and believe that she is a, a healthy, normal person. Um, and I and it's a great thing for me to watch. I really enjoy and enjoy helping her with that. Right on. Well, you know, and anyone who's listening who who feels like you need a boost to take that first step to kind of cross cross the Rubicon to the point of no return where where everything's going to change. Unsupersize Me is that film. And uh, Carly, Juan Carlos, I say, I want to thank you so much for, for taking the time to talk with us today. Thank you, Howard. I, I appreciate your time as well. All right. Be well. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.